Devin Haney survived a late scare to overcome Jorge Linares on points and retain his WBC lightweight world title. Yes, he is the lightweight world champion, whether you like it or not. This is After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's boxing show with me, Martin Dorman, with Barry Jones and with Declan Taylor. Barry, let's get straight into it. Devin, he did seem to show a bit more last night. Uh, I said to Declan just off camera, he seems to never be able to win um, because everyone's always saying something about his performance, but he did jab very well early on and then brought it to Linares before surviving, as I said, that late scare. Yeah, I thought he was um, massively dominant. It was... um... He boxed a lot better. He was, I think, you know, I think he's a very reactive fighter. So most of the times he he'll box how he feels the opponents dealing with him. And so I think with Linares, and I don't want to, he boxed great. Um, did Devin Haney, but Linares looked like an old fighter last night. Just couldn't pull the trigger to have to get that little step too close before he let his hands go. And because Haney realised that very quickly, that's when he was comfortable to stand in the pocket more and let his hands go because he knew his reaction time was much faster than, than Linares and he could let his shots go and, and, and always, always stay out of trouble. I think that's, that's his, his ethos, is not to get hit. You know, I think he's a massive... He looks like the sort of fighter who's, who's obviously grown up watching Floyd Mayweather. And he's realised that is the way forward. You know, where you just you land your shots, you, you, you know, being elusive is more important than being aggressive. And he's had success, but but last night I think he got the mix just right. And he, and I think he looked at the fighter and sold himself a lot better to the to the wider public. Was that a fight he needed, Declan, for that very reason, just to to bring it a bit more out of him rather than having to to continually just chase down opponents? One hundred percent. That was the exact perfect opponent at the perfect time and although it might not seem it because you know he, he did have to dig in at the end and that shot that hit him at the end of the 10th he really wobbled and actually it did the 11th was not good for him because of it um and even though nobody wants to get hit hard and wobbled and stuff like that but it's the perfect time for it to happen because now he knows that he can do it he knows that okay this is what it feels like when you've had your bell rung and then you need to go back out again and still do the business because he was First minute or so of the 11th, all over the place. His legs weren't under him. He was leaning in and it was, you know, but then he he felt, you know, it came back as the time ticked in. He just sort of got his senses back together and he, and he, um, and he hung on. I think it was a perfect fight for him at that time, considering this, the strength of the division that he's in. Um, he'd had this sort of very serene walk to the top, but only because of how good he is. That's no disrespect to, you know, the matchmaker or anything like that. Although given how, talented he is he's just been a level above but I mean in the Gamboa fight for instance he wasn't he, he kind of wasn't at the races he was almost like he wasn't switched on a bit maybe he'd become a little bit complacent and Gamboa had a little bit of success particularly with the counter left hook and Linares was clearly looking for that bit like Barry said he just couldn't quite get it off you know he's not he's not the Linares of old but I think it was the perfect sort of learning fight I know what we're, we're going to get on to you know who he should fight next and how he's going to sort of get mixed up with that that really hot division with all those those young guys but I wouldn't and it's sacrilege to say I wouldn't be against him having one more a Richard Commie or or someone like Javier Fortuna or someone like that another big you know another just another step on another really hard fight where he's gonna to have to do that again and then I think he's he's ready I mean he's ready now to take on Ryan Garcia or Javante Davis or whoever it might be or Teofimo Lopez but 
I just feel like another one of them would be really good for him, given his age, because we do forget how young, what is he, 22 or something like that? The problem is, once he fights one of these top guys, then he can't, he has to just fight them forever then. He can't step down again. So I would, I would have a, I would go for a Commie or a Fortuna or someone like that. And you just look at the WBC rankings. I mean, to be honest, the whole of lightweight is great at the moment. Um, but I think we saw the value of that sort of a fight last night and it wouldn't be the worst idea for him. And I can't believe I'm saying it because we always moan about the best not fighting the best and stuff. But I, one more of them would be really good because he learned a lot last night, but I feel like there's more to learn. And then he goes on and, and, and it could be, you know, it could be a big 10 years of Devin Haney in the boxing world. Isn't it crazy that he's a world champion, yet we're still talking that he's not quite ready. I don't see him boxing. And, and you're totally yeah. right what you say, and I agree with everything you say, but we're saying that he, a, a, few, a couple more of those, those you know, just below top tier level fights before yeah. he goes up against the, the, the A's, the, no, the, the A-listers. He's a world champion. That he, mad, he should... It just shows the worth of a world title nowadays. You can be a world champ and he's good and he deserves it. And I'm not, looks like that any of the boxers, but the fact that he's still in these old learning fights. So you do need a little test here and there. Not every fight can be stellar until you, get, until you prove yourself to be stellar. But still, you know, we're talking. I, I would say about Devin Haney, I can't remember the last time I've seen a fighter so dominant in a fight mm. hold, so much, hold so much. I've yeah. seen fighters hold a lot. When they've been up against it and and, and they've been second best in, in in up close but he was winning the exchanges in close he was dominating almost in every department yet he was massively looking to hold everything i think it's muscle memory every time he throws a shot he's looking to slip inside and hold you and smother your work which isn't bad but a stronger referee would have took a point or two away from him uh, last night and then that would have made that fight all of a sudden certainly on the judges score had a, a very very close you know close call we, we said the same thing about Deontay Wilder as well when he was WBC champion early days. And it's like this guy holds the, the, green, the green and gold belt at heavyweight, but we're still saying he could do with a couple of, you know, he won the belt by beating Stavern and then it's like, oh, but he's not ready for him and he's not, he could do with a couple of learning fights. When he was something like 30 and 0 and the WBC heavyweight champion, it's just, you're right, it's just the way of the, the, way of the belts now. Where it is slightly different with Haney is just how young he is because, yeah, I, I just feel like, Although that being said, you could say you could make the same argument for all of them. I mean, apart from Lopez, whose CV already is ridiculous, and that is based yeah. on based on the fact that you know he won, he won them all against Lomachenko. So now he's sort of there. Um, he's got a mandatory now, and you know, and then after that, you can't. Ha- well, the problem comes is how do you sell a fight against Lopez and, and a second rate opponent now, or just a second tier yeah. opponent it's hard isn't it and and i guess that's why we end up with two people fighting two times a year even though they're 15 and 0 and 22 years old it's hard when they want crazy money that's yeah. the problem and i think see a few more lopez now with like going on in, on triller and then getting maybe six million or whatever well i don't know why you're getting paid six million you won't you won't take that home of course because you have to give a chunk to to top rank but i think now that's his that's his best mark of how much he's is he's worth so He's not going to want to take any fights. I think you know you mentioned something about Devin Haney. We could have another ten years of Devin Haney, but and we could. But the reason I would just say take the fights now, and I mentioned with Josh Taylor, just take the fights now while they're there. You don't need to stay around for ten years. A legacy doesn't have to doesn't have to be longevity. For some it is, but if, if you're longevity, then you're having you're not having stellar fights every time. You're just not. It's impossible. So 
almost impossible. So that you can be around for, for a four-year career at the top level is a long time. It's less now than it used to be because they're only boxing twice a year, as you said, so it's less. But if you can really punch it out for two or three years, you can earn enough money, cement your legacy as a fantastic fighter. You don't have to go up and down the weight searching for every every belt that's that's around. And I think that and because that's what it used to be. So you you get to the top and and the, it was really the 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 story was the journey to the top. Once you got there, you had the, you had two three hard fights at the highest level because all every fight was hard. And then only the only the great the great it's a great fight stayed along a little bit longer. The rest of them retired, they defeated at the end, of course, but they're happy that they that they, they achieved for most boxers that are unachievable. I think it's it's slightly changed now, but I don't think we should be looking for people to stay around for ten years. No, it's a hard career. Let's just get in there, have it hard while you're young, and and you can and you, and you can absorb all that all all that toll on your body whilst whilst you're young. And then get out before you get too old. Because the longer you're in the sport, the more those punches take an effect. I think that's that's my worry. I don't want to go on to this now. Everything was rosy, but I like to have a moan. So I like to get into that little mode of this moan about boxing. But you couldn't moan about that. Now. I thought he boxed really well. The holding was a little bit too much, but he boxed really well. He got with a good shot. But again, and he did hold and run in the 11th round. But isn't that what you're supposed to do when you're hurt to recover? No, no. I think that that he did. He he, he played the smart move in the last round. You know, he did admit he was hurt, but he was, and he did the right thing until his legs got underneath him again, and then and then he he skated away for me a, a clear, conclusive winner. I think what we're seeing is clear, clear improvements of every fight. Like his jab last night looked like sensational, and he was. I ne- never really thought of him as a really, really top level jabber, but that was quality work, and the amount of times he went to the body as well again just shows you that he's maturing so that's what I mean I don't think there's any mad rush with him but in this world there is and it's interesting you mentioned the money there because what I would love to see a bit of sort of old school promotion and I believe I can sort of remember it when they did it with De La Hoya before he boxed Felix Trinidad sort of six months before however many months before they both boxed on the same card and it was a big build-up you know they both win and then they go ahead I'd love to see like Garcia Fortuna that fight that when it finally happens. And then Haney, Commie, or Haney, whoever it might be, the two of them win in this mass big card where they're both there and it's all, all week. And then it becomes a this super fight when they do it together. But how can they possibly afford now to put them both on the same card? They just can't. Um, I mean, it, 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 would be, it would make no business sense. I mean, a lot of the zone stuff doesn't really seem to make any business sense, actually, with the, the prices we pay and the amount of money they pay the boxers. But... It's a shame that I don't think that would happen, and I think that would be amazing for both of them, and it would be, it would be the perfect way to build their fight. But it's a bit, it's a bit pie in the sky. But it just, I was just thinking about it last night. Yeah, it's a worry that they just call each other out forever. That's what's yeah. happening, you know? and then the fights never get made, whoever, whatever reason it really is. But the the, the real reason usually boils down to the people running their careers, whether managers or promoters or TV companies, don't want them to fight because they want they have two top of the bills that can run parallel to each other and mm. that you, you can advertise his fights while he's fighting and back and, back and forth until they get fed up or until one of them looks like they're not so good and they and they become the b-side then you put them together no that makes business sense of course but as boxing fans and as the sport of boxing we know these fighters need to fight each other possibly earlier and also it's better for them for their legacy 
the boxers all that's all they mentioned though is their legacy and what they want to want to leave behind and fighting in those competitive fights where there's a real risk of losing then that 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 really bolsters your 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 cementing your name in the history books of course Surely what we need is Eddie Hearn with a giant check a la Frampton Quig. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit bigger this time. It's a is weird still one. A... Uh, go on, carry on. No, 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 carry on. It's a weird one with them because they boxed a lot as amateurs. I think they boxed four or five times or something like that and they both beat each other and stuff. But I, it was notable that Ryan Garcia, and I mean, we're speaking about Ryan Garcia now. He's got his own things that he's dealing with outside the ring now. So we don't know how long that's going to take, although he seems to be back in training. But it was notable after he beat Luke Campbell Haney was there in the crowd and he didn't really, he, did, he didn't sort of call him out or anything like that. He said he wanted Davis and that, Davis is doing again, he's up at 140 now, he's doing his own thing. It sort of seems to be a slightly different, so I don't even know if they both want it. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? And it's kind of, we just sort of imagine they do and um, assume they do, but yeah, I it's not like Frampton Quigg where there was no other options, but I think we do need a big check. It might be time. <laughs> And that's the problem with, with more titles because you know, like Garcia is the interim, maybe. Who, who knows what he is for the WBC title, which is owned by Devin Haney. There should be Lopez's, but who cares about that? But it's Devin Haney's. And so he should won that fight and become a world champion. But because the other three belts are tied up with, with Lopez, who's on a different network. Right? So that's that's never going to happen, to be honest, in, in the foreseeable future. So you just think that he has to be pushing for that fight, that's the fight you want. As, as much as it's all about money, and I understand that, but as a boxer, as a boxer, as much as you want to earn all that money, when you were when you were 10, you were boxing, when you were a kid in boxing, the money was never an issue. It was being a champion. And you know, or a world whatever that be, a world champion for most. And so you get that you get that close to becoming that, to achieving your childhood child you know, ambition, then Surely that should be your only focus because that is big money, and I understand you know you're going to argue about you know, I want an extra half a mil or a million and and you know understandable, but you're so close now, and that, that's a fight that surely that's got to be the easiest fight that should be made in you know in boxing. One of the easiest fights. They're both under the same postal banner, the same TV company. You know, the 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 organ they're in the same organization. They both you know, one holds a major belt, one holds a, a pretend belt. But it's it just makes it just makes you no. Know, they should be just be gelling, and that fight should be announced last night. That's to be honest. If Garcia is okay, of course, so in health and mentally wise, then that fight should be announced last night. That's what they should be doing: fighting on the same show and and stepping in the ring together and announcing that fight for the for the show in in four months' time. That's how it should be done. Is there a question over Haney's power at all? Maybe compared to the other ones in his division, and um, may yes, probably. But I, I think it's a case that he doesn't hold his feet, doesn't set his feet because you can see because he looks to hold every time he throws a shot. So he's always thinking a step ahead. Sometimes your brain can get in, in your way where you where you're thinking that no, as you as you're throwing the shot, you're you're already either preparing or thinking about the next move, whether that's another punch or you no know, to move in in a position to throw again, or for his case mostly. To dip inside and hold. So I think if he if he eliminates thinking too many steps ahead and just concentrates on the sh- on throwing the punch, then I think he has the power to hurt you. I don't, and also he gets he smothers his work at times. So when he does hurt you, he gets a little bit too close. 
I think just now and again. But there's only little adjustments that I think that I think that he certainly can punch his weight. But yeah, he, but he's in a weight where you know, Chiefimo Lopez, if he hits you, you know, you're in trouble. He just put it this way: if if that was low, if that was Chiefimo Lopez who hurt Haney in, in the tenth round, that eleventh round is the worst, you know, three minutes of his life. That's a guarantee. But he's clever, and I think what I think what what Tekken pointed out was the jab was absolutely was something you don't really you, you can see that he throws a jab, but you don't really notice that he's a great jabber. But it was evident last night that our left hand was a was a thing of beauty and, and really controlled everything. There were mixed results for the Brits on the undercard. Chantel Cameron defended her world title with a fourth round stoppage. Martin J. Ward stopped himself in the seventh round. But I just wanted to pay homage almost to Nonito Donaire, who stopped Nordin Ubali in the fourth round to become world bantamweight champion at the age of 38, which has to mean, gentlemen, there is hope for us all. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you two, but the ship's sailing me, boys, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think I'll make that weight these days, to be honest, mate. I'm not sure I do. <laughs> I mean, uh, on Donaire, like he... I've never, ever heard a bad word said about him in boxing by anyone, whether that's a journalist, promoter, manager, other fighter, not a single bad word. There's only a few people like that in boxing. And he... Thanks. I mean, yeah, there's one. <laughs> but we, we, I don't know. The thing is with Donaire, he sort of, he became not an opponent, but, you know, he was clearly brought over with Frampton and then with Inoue and stuff like that. And it was like, he's a legend can you go and beat a legend? And I think that was what was the score with Ubali yesterday. And I saw a couple of people were really tipping on air, on air, on air because he's got that power and that left hook. And um, I mean, he's still got it. It's obviously the last thing to go. I could like, I was so, so happy to see that as well. Like without no disrespect to Ubali, but that, I mean, and what a finish as well. And it's just classic on It's just rolling back the years. And you're right. As a, as a, you know, as we get older, it's so nice when you see someone who was sort of written off as past it roll back the years like that. Quality, and he he's back, and now you know now he's he's still he's still in the. I'm not still in the mix. He's got a belt, and he's he's going to go again. And I mean, maybe we get the rematch with um with, with the with the Japanese fella. Yeah, exactly. Took, he, I don't even know who he is. Anyway, anyway, yeah, he's not very good, so I forgot his yeah. name. <laughs> no, but either way, yeah, and Bantamweight is his weight, isn't it? As much as he's he's he, you know, he's gone up and down, you know, around you no know, Bantam with Bantam, uh, he went the feather, and he was he was still good, but I think he just lacked a little bit of a little bit of sting in some of his shots. But Bantam, super Bantam, he's a he's a force, and and you're right, the, the powers are last to go, but it's it's not just out of him, it's the timing. So I guess I can't even remember when the Rigondeau fight was. Yeah. When he bought Rigondo, and you thought he's had a great career, you know, he was top one or two, wasn't he? Pound for pound in the world at the time, and you thought, What a great way to go out back then. That, that got to be seven years ago, maybe. I don't know, but yeah, you just thought, yeah it is. And you, you, you thought, What a way to go out! He's had a fan, he's had a Hall of Fame career already, you know, and he's lost to like a, just a maverick of a fighter there in Rigondo, you know, and that, that's not, not, not a bad way to end your career. But he just, you no. Know, we talk about fighters reinventing themselves, and there's been a few who've done it you know, really successfully, but he's got to be right up there with some of the best. Who, you know, every time you write off, he's, 
past his sell by Dayton Kearns back with a fantastic performance. And last night again, like you see, oh, Upali's good, by the way. He's not, he's not an all time great, but he's a good fighter. He's fast and competitive and tough. And but the power of Denaire is something that's got him out of trouble so many times. And last night was one of them. And Declan's right now, he's, he's back in the mix with big, big names and big fights again. In, in, a, in what is also a competitive division. That left hook, though, thing of beauty. And if, for anyone who hasn't seen the uh, the Montiel knockout, the left hook one where yeah. he's on the floor, it's just a chilling, just chilling that a little guy like that can can do that to another human. So go and watch that if you haven't seen it yet. Good advice. And someone else looking to come again, if you like. Daniel Dubois next weekend against Bogdan Dinu in his first fight with trainer Shane McGuigan. We will be back next weekend to talk through that one. Uh, Dubois' first fight, of course, since his stoppage defeat by Joe Joyce last year. I do hope you can join us then. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>